to Kizar to the glory days at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time, and there are tons of news coming out of the game, and some of these are injury concerns. Yep. So the 49ers are having to make moves to make sure they can keep their roster intact and built um, to get them to Green Bay so they can win this game. Well, not actually to Green Bay, but to the Green Bay game against the Packers. They'll be coming to town on Sunday night. Um, so we still got some things, you know, some hangover stuff from the Eagles as we work our way towards getting ready for Green Bay. Hippie Roger Claus is coming to town. The 49ers are getting ready because it's basically Christmas time. It's an exciting matchup. It's a prime time matchup, and we're going to co cover all of it, all the great things leading up into this week. You don't want to miss anything that comes out here on this channel, the 49ers Cutback channel, so make sure you subscribe. If you haven't already, hit that notification bell as well. Be one of the 35% of the Cutback crew that's notified for all of the videos that come out. You don't want to miss any of it. You want to be able to brag to your friends that you got breaking news, that you had the inside scoop. Right here, right here is where you get it. Uh, but uh, yeah, a lot of player updates, a lot of player things to talk about. Uh, let, let's start with obviously running back news or running back watch 2021 now, as we we're calling it. Uh, Sermon, concussion protocol, concerning, tasty, high ankle sprain. It looks like he's going to be out for a little while, is what Kyle Shanahan said. Kevin Givens, also another guy dealing with a high ankle sprain, he's going to be out for a little bit of time. Panicking, Ant? Panicking? Or just, you know, it, it is what it is. Uh, you know, Elijah Mitchell is day-to-day -day with the shoulder, so we at least have our main back. We still got Trenton Cannon, right? We got Carryon Johnson in the practice squad. Nothing to worry about, right? This is the 49ers, so I did not expect to get out of this game unscathed. Um, you just <laughs> it, you expect something to happen. The good news is, is like I was telling you before we started the show, is at least these aren't like injuries, right? These are things that you get hurt and you come back from. These aren't season-ending, which was the case last year. Um, these are unfortunate. And having so many happen in one room, right? You lose Raheem Mostert, Trey Sermon. I mean, that's a dirty hit by two guys that, that get him off the field. So that's not his fault. There's nothing he can do. There's no way that the team can protect him from those things. And how is Kyle Shanahan supposed right. to protect? How is Jimmy Gar How is anyone on the team supposed no to protect? Yeah, no. Yeah, no one can. Um, and so then you have Elijah Mitchell, which I'm okay with him being day-to-day. -day. I think I feel comfortable with him playing. Um, but you, you're losing too many guys. You lost Hasty now, too. Uh, well, and think about it, too. Hasty's is also technically a dirty hit because his ankle injury happens on the, the pitch, right, where uh, he, he well, drops it? It's actually it, – it gets hurt him reaching down for the pitch. Okay, well, Somebody's uh, diving for the ball, and you see his ankle get hit and rolled from the side. Um, so that's a hit, you know, hit. So circumstance of football. Circumstance of football, but definitely on him because if he doesn't drop the pitch, that doesn't happen. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was looking upfield a little bit early, little took bit. his eyes off the ball. Um, so that is a concern, I think, in the running back room. I, I would I would have to say it's a concern. Even though I have a lot of faith in Kyle Shanahan um, to be able to scheme it up. And, you know, we say all the time you can use any running back in this system. You know, I think it's more hyperbole than actual truth because you can't use just any running back. They have to have a specific, you know, skill set. Um, so it is a little concerning. And now they're bringing in guys. Um, but But first off, before we get into the guys they're bringing in, we still have Elijah Mitchell, thank goodness, because Elijah Mitchell's been carrying the bulk of the load for two weeks now. Um, he's been in there, and when he's been in there, he's been pretty solid. I mean, the week one, there was a lot of dynamic plays. Week two, not so much. It was more tough sledding against the Eagles, but he battled and got the tough yards. So I'm at least encouraged about that. 
but we have to figure out what we're going to have behind him because you know, like you said, we got Hasty out. He's he's going to be done, so let's put him away for a while. Um, he's gone and probably in, until after the bye is what it looks like. And then you have um, Trey Sermon, who we don't know what's going to happen with the concussion protocol. It could be this week. It could be next week. These things. So they have to prepare like they have one guy and Trenton Cannon. Um, so they have some other options, and, and we'll get into that. But, you know, are you worried about that as well? Are you worried now about the depth in the running back room? I'm worried that there's that you're going to be asking Elijah Mitchell to take too much of a role on, asking to, to shoulder too much of a burden. Um, and he's already dealing with a little bit of a shoulder stuff, with shoulder stuff, which means don't want to have this guy necessarily run the ball 25, 30 times a game right down the gut up the middle of the field. Does that mean we're going to see a little more Trey Lance going forward to maybe do a little bit of RPO or some read option stuff to maybe pull some carries out of Elijah Mitchell's hands? Possibly. But if you're an opposing team, if you're an opposing team and you see the 49ers next week, Green Bay, for example, you come into that game and all of a sudden you see a lot of read option. Sit on Trey. Make them put the ball in Elijah Mitchell's hand and let's see if this this young guy can hold up because you know he's already dealing with with the shoulder stuff anyway. Um, you know, does that mean we could see Trenton Cannon more in the backfield running the football? Maybe. But, you know, the, the, the thing I feel comfortable with Trenton Cannon doing right now is returning kicks, possibly returning punts, and uh, being a gunner on special teams. That's, that's where my comfort level is with this guy. Um, you know, if we don't have Trey Sermon, yeah, there's definitely some concerns. Now, luckily, you brought on Johnson in. He's had a, kind of a, a week now, week and a half, to get a little bit more familiar with the system. You can bring this guy out on third downs, get Elijah Mitchell off the field. Uh, yeah, that, that, that feels great. Uh, but again, there's there's still questions. Um, who's your short down back? Is it going to be carry Elijah Mitchell? It's going to be carry on. Okay, so yeah, you got carry on. I, I I prefer we have one more name in the backfield. Um, I would prefer it be a, a better name than some of the guys they brought in to work out this week. But uh, there's just not a lot out there. Um, and we've we've dove into this hard. We've looked at trade options, trade possibilities, and we'll get to that as well. And guys they could go after, you know, um, guys that a couple of the cutback crew have brought up as well, and and. You know, looking at what it would cost, you know, what the cap hit is going to be for the 49ers, none of it really makes sense. Um, and you just don't expect it, right? If you're the 49ers, you did everything that you possibly could. You made all the right moves to insulate the, the running back room, right? You did everything you needed to do. You signed Wayne Gallman in the offseason, right? You, you, Jermichael Hasty gets healthy. You go out and draft two running backs as well. We were talking about how strong the running back was room was heading into the preseason, right? Heading into training camp, heading into OTAs all of the time. Uh, how are they going to make... How are you gonna make Jermichael Hasty was a lock up until five minutes ago. Now, <laughs> now it's depleted. There's one name left off the original six or seven guys they brought into this locker room. It's absolutely insane how quick things can turn, how quick things change. And the sad part—that's not even sad. The funny part is, Ant, I'm still not worried about the run game. <laughs> I'm really not well, that worried about the run game. I think the opponent that they're going to be playing also helps with that because Kyle Shanahan is able to scheme it up. The defensive scheme that the Green Bay Packers run. Um, is favorable for the 49ers. You can run a lot of outside zone. You don't have to get vertical as much, but when you do, they can turn out to be big plays. True. You know, they're missing guys on the front, on their defensive front. So, I mean, we're not going to get too much into this right now because we want to wait for Green Bay, you know, preparation later in the week. But um, if there's going to be a week where you're getting healthy at the running back position, where you can buy a week where you don't have Trey Sermon to be able to play behind Elijah Mitchell, this could be that week. If we're, you know, going against Arizona or Seattle, um, you want those guys because you're going to have to execute that run game at a high level. So they're having to prepare for that. Carry on Johnson will be serviceable if he's in there. So maybe they only have to sign one guy. They only have to sign one running back to go with Elijah Mitchell, carry on Johnson, and then Trenton Cannon. 
um, because we do think they want to use Cannon more in the return area and the special teams game and not so much in the backfield. He went in there and did it when he had to, when his number was called. Um, but his game is would be living on the edge. I mean, he really should be out there running sweeps um, and outside zone plays where he can use his dynamic 4-4 speed. Um, and a one-cut-and-go guy. I mean, that's what he is. That's what he does. So right now, those are the options. Uh, on Johnson, I feel comfortable with. I've actually seen him play a lot. Um, so I don't feel bad about that. Uh, I, I wish it was Mitchell and Sermon. I would 100%. feel really comfortable if Hasty had went down and it was those two guys. I would be like, okay, we bring it, we bring up on Johnson and we feel comfortable with the running back room. You got three guys, you're right. comfortable touching the football and you got Trenton Cannon, who's that emergency guy, but at least, you know, he's returning kicks. You got your gunner. Yeah. You got things there. Yeah, you're right. You feel more comfortable with that. Um, you talked about Trey Lance and I think he can help take a little bit of the burden off the run game. Um, but he's not the only one because I think also you have running or wide receivers that can run the ball. True. And Green Bay has proven to be a team that you can get out on the edge with and use Debo Samuel and use Brandon Ayuk and those guys to make plays with their legs. Debo Samuel lining up in the backfield a few times um, wouldn't be a bad idea. Plus, I think quarterback power um, could show up for the first time. That We haven't really seen quarterback power yet. We've only seen read option type stuff. But quarterback power would make a lot of sense against what Green Bay does. So maybe we'll see them scheme it up and use Trey Lance. Maybe now Trey Lance's skill set um, will be what Kyle Shanahan needs for this week. But I do think they're going to sign you know one of these running backs. They could already sign one, depending on you know how quickly they move with this tryout. And there's three veteran names um, who have some ability. Yeah, there's Lamar Miller. Uh, there's TJ Yeldon, and there's Duke Johnson. Um, all three guys who have played in this league um, have a lot of. I don't want to say like a lot of experience under the belt other than Lamar Miller in terms of actually carrying a workload, but they've played a lot of years in a lot of different roles. Duke Johnson has been primarily a third down role type guy. TJ Eldon early on in his career was pegged to be a lead back and then very quickly shifted into more of a uh, more of a third down receiving back type of guy. Uh, that rookie year for TJ Eldon, 182 carries and then 130, and then all of a sudden it drops off of a cliff, 30, uh, 49, 104, 17, 10. Um, he's really been a guy who's been more utilized in the pass game than anything else as a pass blocker in third down sets. So Duke Johnson, TJ Yeldon are both guys you I would see, right, if they're bringing either one of these guys in, they would be coming in to fulfill that Jamichael Hasty-esque role as a third down running back in the system. Um, Lamar Miller is the only one of these guys that actually has a significant amount of carries under his belt and has anywhere close to a thousand yard rushing seasons, a thousand yard rushing season in 2014 with Miami in 2016 with the Houston Texans. And then in 2017 and 2018, um, 888 yards and 973 yards respectively. So the only guy who's ever come close to being a consistent thousand yard rusher in the league. Yes. Injuries, 49ers fans, injuries, right? There's a big thing with this guy, had the torn ACL in uh, 2018, the Achilles tear in 2019, uh, and then 2020 didn't really play a whole lot because he's coming off of the Achilles um, and, and just not, not a great not a great last three years, let's put it this way, for Lamar Miller. He's deal, been dealing with a lot, but he's a full year removed from the ACL, two, almost two, three years away removed from the from the, AC, from, the, from the ACL injury and a year removed from the Achilles injury. So is there something left in the tank? He's still in his early, early 30s. His workout's going to give a good idea to Shanahan and Lynch and just this coaching staff, you know, what's, what's actually going on and where this guy is. Um, if he came in, Ant, do you see him fulfilling a, a bigger role in the short term until these guys get healthy, or would he just be coming in to shore up depth? I would think that you're still going to see Elijah Mitchell carry the bulk of the load. 
And I think carry on Johnson will be the guy that comes in after that, because I think he could run interior um, and give you some tough yardage finish around the goal line. If needed, I still think Elijah Mitchell will be the primary guy, even around the goal line, but you feel comfortable with carry on Johnson because he's been there. Now with Miller, what you get is a little bit of dynamic play where he, as long as the speed is somewhat returned, you have a guy that you can get out on the edge and he can make cuts and he understands, you know, the nuances of running his own scheme. You want those guys on your roster. So you need to have this guy. Um, to me, he's the one that makes the most sense out of the three we just talked about. Um, none of them have done anything dynamic since 2018. In fact, Yeldon's had 27 carries, Duke Johnson, 160, and then Miller's had zero. Um, so since 2018, they are very rested. Um, so we have fresh <laughs> legs coming into San Francisco. Got to spin it to the positive. Um, but I think Miller has proven to be a more dynamic runner. Um, so that usually means that's not who they're going to sign. They'll probably sign someone like Duke Johnson. Um, it's just, I don't know. It's kind of the kind of the thing that they do. But it only has to bridge the gap, right? We're not looking for somebody that's going to be dynamic for the entire season. You're looking at someone that's going to bridge the gap until Jeff Wilson comes back, until Jermichael Hasty comes back. And then you're comfortable again with your running back room because you know Trey Sermon will be back here pretty soon. It's either Green Bay or it is Seattle. So he'll be back here pretty quick. Um, so it is, you know, it's something that we got we to gotta look for, we got to get into. Um, there are other options that I think I would even prefer more, but I understand it right now, right? These guys are cheap options. These guys are going to cost you a league minimum. You're going to bring them in and you're going you're gonna to see what they can do on your football team. Um, I'm surprised that Alfred Morris isn't one of those guys that was on the list. He had a decent year last year. Yeah, I mean, he had, you know, he had some carries. He was averaging a little over four yards a carry for Dallas. Um, somebody that's familiar with Kyle Shannon, played in San Francisco for Kyle Shannon, played in Washington for Kyle Shannon. It's true. Um, so I'm I'm surprised they didn't go with that, you know, try to spin with him because he would give you that interior run presence. But with the names you're talking about, maybe they are looking for somebody that can execute the outside zone. And if so, Miller makes the most sense to me. It does. I, I agree with you there. Uh, Miller makes the most sense. Um, but like you said, is that the is that the route they're going to take? Are they going to do that? Are they going to go with a guy like Dude Johnson who's a little bit younger? Maybe maybe they consider a little bit shiftier, not injury prone. The guy who's been healthy for most of his career hasn't had a lot of issues. And they have put an emphasis on health. They have. Um, and so, the so, you know, Duke Johnson would make sense in that regard. But I don't believe Duke Johnson is the type of runner that you get with uh, with a Lamar Miller and what he could do, especially downhill and, and in space, um, better vision out of the backfield. Um, yeah, Duke Johnson operates better, I think, as a pass catcher. I mean, let's let's be let's be realistic here. Let's be honest. Um, if if Elijah Mitchell goes down, you're you're uh, an injury away from not having a bell cow running back who can go back there and handle the rock, um, you know, 15, 20 times a game. You want to try that with Duke Johnson? Is that, is that something you well, I would go really... carry on Johnson at that point. I mean, I, I agree with you, but even then it gets a little iffy. It starts getting iffy. And I agree with you. You're only looking to bridge, right? You're only looking to bridge between now and when Hasty and when, when uh, Wilson Jr. can get back. When they come back, it's fine. And, you know, Hasty could be anywhere from three to about six weeks, maybe even longer if it's a really, really bad high ankle sprain. Um, if it's a light high ankle sprain, right, that's not too much of a, like a grade one, not too bad then he could be back sooner rather than later. Depends on his pain tolerance, how he heals, his rehab process, how that all goes. Um, you know, with, with Jeff Wilson Jr., they said five weeks, so you're thinking after the bye is around the time we're going to start to see the, the rumors of him being able to return. And if that's the case, you know, you really got four weeks roughly, three to four weeks that you just got to survive. Three to four weeks that you can survive before things start to get better. You're hoping it doesn't take um, you know, Trey Sermon that long to come back from the concussion yeah. stuff. Everyone is different, and every concussion True. is different, so it could be longer, it could be less. For all we know, 
by this time to right this time today he could be fine for all we know we don't know the severity of it we, we really have no idea so time will tell with that but the Niners don't have a lot of time to make a decision that's the that's the hard right part. they have to get someone into practice right away so. absolutely so you're right they don't have time to wait to see if Trey Sermon is going to be available they have to go ahead and make a move so you would probably think that they're going to count out Trey Sermon for this week even though they won't say that openly they're probably doing that um, because they need to make sure that they have guys that they can play and they can suit up. And I don't think you want to go into the game with Trenton Cannon being your third running back. No. Um, so that means carry on Johnson and one more free agent. Um, who is who is that going to be, Alex, of these guys? That's a good question. And we've been thinking about this for a while, and we've actually brought it up earlier. Was Is it time to call the Buffalo Bills about Matt Breida? It's, it's somebody that already understands the system, can run the outside zone at a high level, is – as fast as, you know, almost as fast as Mostert. I mean, he got called the cheetah for a reason. Um, the guy has the speed. He has the quickness. There are areas of his game that are concerns, uh, like dropping the ball and fumbling the football. But maybe he's gotten better with that since his time away from San Francisco with stops in Miami. And then, you know, now he's with the Buffalo Bills. Um, so maybe there's an opportunity there. I don't know if the 49ers want to give up anything, any draft, draft capital at all. Um, maybe they only want to, you know, give up the money. They've already, they have a little bit of money to spend. Maybe they only want to go with one of these free agents, but I think it would be worth a phone call to call and ask and see, um, what is, what is going on with Matt Breida in Buffalo? I, I, it makes sense. It really does. It just makes sense. And I know 49ers fans are torn on this. There's about half the, half the fan base who is like, get this, keep this guy away from here. No. And then there's half who are like, oh, I'm willing to give this a spin and give this a shot. This move just makes sense. He's completely fallen out of favor in Buffalo in the running back room. Um, Zach Moss was a healthy scratch. He gets four touches, doesn't do a whole lot with those touches. Week two comes along. You would think the guy who was a healthy scratch for no reason and it was a high draft pick for you that people were talking about splitting carries in the running back room in his rookie season with Devin Singletary coming into camp. People talk about how Zach Moss is going to take over the backfield week one healthy scratch. Huh? Scratching my head going, what the heck is going on there? You would think that means that Matt Breida has done something over there to impress. Week two, not a target, not a touch. Did nothing. He was not involved at all whatsoever. Okay. They're obviously not in love with him. They obviously don't feel they need to get this guy on the field and get the ball to him. Um, you know, and that's, for me, I'm looking at that roster going, uh, that's a little crazy to me because outside of Stephon Diggs, what, weapon, what other weapons do you have? There's no, John, no healthy John Brown over there anymore. You got Gabriel Davis running as your number two. Dawson Knox, their tight end, I, I don't know. He hasn't done nothing. Josh Allen doesn't trust him. So who are your speed? Who's your weapons? Who's the guys you're trusting and going to? Apparently they're good with, with uh, Singletary and about no one else. So get, find out. I mean, if you're San Francisco, it doesn't hurt to call. It does not hurt to pick up the phone and at least call and inquire about Matt Breida. The fact that no one has even come out and said the Niners have inquired about Matt Breida makes me think that Kyle Shanahan either wants nothing to do with him or you're right, Ant, they feel they're going to have to give up draft capital. They want no part of having to do that, and it's time to go free agent. I think it's the latter, um, because I heard Kyle Shanahan talking about the running back position, and he mentioned we had to give up Breida. Um, so I don't think it was ever something that they wanted to do. It was something that they needed to do, because they knew they needed to pick up draft capital. They knew they needed to go ahead and move on. They weren't going to be able to re-sign him eventually, um, because he was coming into the last year of his deal. So you go ahead and move him. You get the fifth-round pick. Because they were trying to insulate themselves in case they couldn't get a left tackle. They ended up drafting Colton McKivitz with that pick, um, which doesn't look so great right now. That's why I jokingly said, can we trade Colton McKivitz for Matt Breida? Um, because now we can really use him. But it is an interesting thing. We'll see, we'll see how it plays out as far as if the 49ers pursue this. But we wouldn't know because these guys have no leaks. Nobody's going to be talking about it. No one's going to know who they're actually reaching out for. 
Um, but I do think that it's a, that John Lynch probably just wants to um, spend money and that's it because unfortunately you don't want to give up that draft capital. They've been doing a good job of trying to pick up more. Um, they did that by trading the linebacker Jonas Griffith during the um, preseason. And I think that they feel comfortable with that right now. Ultimately there's maybe a trade for Jimmy Garoppolo coming in the off season as well. So you don't want to give up what you, what you're going to be, you know, give, having to give up to get someone like Matt Breed. I don't know what it would cost. Maybe a sixth, seventh round pick. You originally get, you originally got him for, or I mean, traded him for a fifth. Uh, here's the thing. I, I look at it right now. Since San Francisco, um, that that's that second year of San Francisco is the year it kind of all the numbers start to add up, right? It's 153 carries, 814 yards, averaging about 5.3 a touch. That second year, 2019, the big Super Bowl run. He has the injury. He goes down. Things aren't going too great for him. But the the yards per carry was still 5.1. He gets to Miami. 59 touches for 254, 4.3 yards a carry. Yeah. And hasn't done anything since. Since he got to Miami, he's fallen off the face of the earth in terms of production. Seventh round pick, yes. Is there a player swap option there where maybe you can trade a player over to Buffalo if they were willing to take a chance on somebody? Possibly. Who is that name? Who who would you even want to consider giving up in order to get a guy like Matt Burita back? Colton McGivitz. I would love that. I mean, I would absolutely love it. And and I, I just I just don't see I don't no. know how you make it work if the Niners aren't willing to trade draft capital in order to try and get this guy back. I would imagine a seventh could get the deal done. He hasn't done anything and done enough to wow anybody for it to be worth any more than that to Buffalo. But I don't know if the Niners want to spend that pick. Well, we also don't have a seventh anymore. That's true. Um so you wouldn't be able to do that. So that means it would be something in twenty twenty three. Um, maybe you could do a 2023 with an escalator that moves up, you know, to a higher round if, if that happens. Or if he produces, yeah, yeah. So, um, I, I think that what we're probably going to get is one of these veteran running backs coming in, which one it's going to be is going to depend on what the 49ers are planning on doing against Green Bay, Arizona, and, and Seattle. Um, those are their next three games. However, they plan on attacking those teams. It's probably going to be, you know, an idea of what you're going to do. Um, but I wouldn't even be surprised if you don't eventually have to sign a couple of these guys. It just seems like that is the way that things are going. Um, so which one it'll be, it, it'll be interesting and curious. And then we have the kind of outside-the-box thinking of some of the, the cutback crew. Um, and, and then myself also. Yeah. We'll start with the cutback crew. Yeah, and They're then more where uh, Alex Faulkner has brought up the possible trade for Saquon Barkley. Now, he put Saquon Barkley being traded to the 49ers for uh, Brandon Ayuk and some other stuff. I can't remember exactly what it was. Um, right away, I kind of cringe a little bit. Um, I did think about it a lot because it was interesting. It was an interesting thought process. Um, but thinking about it more, I kind of cringe just because I don't think Kyle Shanahan will value a running back as much as he'll value a receiver. Um, so because he's done so good with undrafted free agents and guys like that, that this is the first time they drafted a running back high was Trey Sermon, you know. But I just don't know if they have that value. So I don't know if they're going to reach out and want to trade for Saquon Barkley. Not to mention, I don't know why the Giants would trade Saquon Barkley. They got um, no one else behind them. No, to me, it makes no sense. They do have Booker, who's a local guy to us. Um, but I just don't see it. Look, uh, the other thing, too, and I brought this up when we were talking about it a little bit in the pre-show prep, was the fact that with Saquon and the 49ers, right, with Brandon Ayuk, you have no idea what the Giants think of receivers, how they value receivers, especially since they have a a lot of capital, a lot of capital. And when I say a lot of capital, I'm talking 40, 50, 60 million plus in capital between three wideouts. A lot of money tied up between Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard, and the rest of their wide receiver core there. Can you take on another wideout? 
Can you take on another wideout, make it work with no Saquon Barkley? Not if Dante Pettis couldn't make that roster. <laughs> this guy with the jokes. This guy with the jokes. But I just I don't know how you can make that work. That many wide receivers who need that many touches. Watch the Washington game. Kenny Galladay's already losing his mind over there with uh, with Danny Derp Jones. It's not going well. Um, and the, look, the Giants are going to end up probably. I, I thought they were going to be a better football team this year. I Me think too. you thought so too. Yeah. It's looking like that's not going to be the case. If that's not the case, they're going to end up with a top pick. If you deal Saquon, you are now in the same boat. Do you go with a quarterback and take the risk early with the QB? Or do you try and shore up your run game? You know, can you afford some people? Well, maybe they can, maybe they can just sign a free agent in the offseason, right? Wrong. Wrong. They got two and a half million in cap space. They start off next year with they're nine and a half million in the hole. That's with the cap going up, folks. Mm-hmm. With the cap going up, they're nine and a half million in the hole. They're not going to be able to try and go after and find a, a top free agent running back to bring in to New York. They're going to have to draft one. So do you take one early? Do you go after the quarterback? They got a lot of questions they got to answer and a lot of things they got to try and sure up. So I don't even know if the Giants would want to pull the trigger on this. Even if they're falling out of love with Saquon, you still, they front loaded his contract. Front loaded it. Next year, it's only about $7 million for, for him, what he is on the cap. And they don't save anything. They would save an additional $3 million if they moved him this year. That's a, it'd be like a $4.5 million cap hit. Next year, it's like $7.2 million. They only save about $3 million between the difference. And that's not enough to make up that nine that they're in the hole already going into 2022. So I don't even know if the Giants would want to do this. The only other name that I can think of that may, would make sense is James Robinson in Jacksonville. And some people would be like, well, he's their number one running back. But Urban Meyer isn't in love with this guy. Um, Travis Etienne was supposed to surplant him before the injury. Even if you watch the first two games, he is not being utilized at all whatsoever. He was a bell cow last year. They, they literally tried to get him the ball as much as humanly possible mm-hmm. to take pressure off the quarterback. This year, he's not getting anywhere near the amount of touches that he was getting as a rookie in year one. Urban Meyer is not in love with this guy. And Urban Meyer is known for running the football. He's known for it. He loves running the football. They would rather get the ball to LaVisca Chenault and keep the ball in Trevor Lawrence's hands than to do something with James Robinson. Uh, there is a situation where the Niners could make a deal. The question is cost, and I still think it would cost too much just because of what he did as a rookie. Yeah, 100% is going to cost too much. That's why Saquon Barkley, they're going to want a first-round pick for him. And the 49ers, number one, don't have a first-round pick this no. year. Number two, why would you give up a first-round pick for a running back? The 49ers definitely would not do that. Well, especially after, I mean, right after not Kyle never addressing running back early. This year, they address running back early. He's a healthy scratch week one and now has a concussion. You think Kyle Shanahan wants to spend any more draft capital, early draft capital on a running back? I honestly don't think it shakes him at all. You don't think so? No, Kyle don't care. Kyle makes his moves. He does what he's convicted to do, and he goes for it. I think I think you're right, but I also, as a coach, if I'm if I take a chance on something and it doesn't work out, I am definitely not second guessing it, but definitely thinking long and hard about the next time I spend early draft capital on something. We're a little bit different on that. I think if I missed on a guy, I would think that I was going to trust myself to hit on the next one. I would trust myself to hit on the next one too, but I would also really think long and hard about it before I pulled the trigger. I would pull the trigger. Um, I'm just that guy. If I miss continuously, if I miss a couple of times, then yeah, I would have to do that. Um, but you want to, sometimes you just, it just doesn't pay out, you know, pan out, but you have to go ahead and go and trust your instincts and trust what you're going with, trust your gut. And I think that these guys put so much work into it. Yeah, not every player is going to pan out, 
but we haven't even seen Trey Sermon. We saw him have one carry so far. He looked good and the, the carry. It, the carry was nice. He just got freaking killed. It looked like one of those things you see in a movie, you know, where they're, hey, let's take out so-and-so, and they hit him, you know, the double Get boot. him a body bag. Yeah, it does. It looks like a necessary roughness when the, you know, prison guys came to show up to play him. You know what? Um, so, I mean, it's unfortunate that that happened to Sermon, but I don't think it's going to make Kyle Shanahan gun-shy. I do think John Lynch is gun-shy about making trades, though. Um, so that's why I do think it's going to be one of these veteran guys. I think it'll be one of those three guys. And then I think Brita is the next best option after that. And then following that, you're probably right with um, your, your guy from Jacksonville. I think he would be, and I think Saquon is way behind because there's no way anyone's going to give up the draft capital needed to get that guy. Yeah. And yes, you would love to have that guy in your roster. Yes, he fits the system. Yes, he could do kind of dominant things for the 49ers. True. Um, but the 49ers aren't going to put that much draft capital a couple that with the amount of money that he's going to make into the running back position. Uh, they've got other areas that they need to spend that money. You're not wrong there. You're not wrong there. Uh, the other thing with Saquon, too, that people forget, it's be, it'd be about uh, $4 million this year, $7 million next year. I get the cap goes up, but again, that's $7 million that you're tying up in your running back room. You don't have a running back on the roster that makes that much money. No. You don't. We don't have two running backs to make that much money. Currently, you're correct. You're accurate. <laughs> you're accurate Raheem Moser and Wilson together don't make that much money. True. And I think we would all rather have Moser and, and Wilson over Saquon Barkley because of the different things that they do. At least right now. Well, and it's not like all of them are staying healthy. If, if Saquon Barkley was staying healthy, then you'd be like, oh, well, he's a durable running back that I could count on week in and week out. But that's not the case. It hasn't been so far. And, uh, 23 carries so far, 84 yards. He's not looking too hot over there in the, with the Giants. And yeah, the last couple of years been dinged up. Yeah, it, it's just it's life in the, a running back's life in the NFL. You're going to take hits. You're going to get nicked up. Um, it's it's not a glorious position to be in. Uh, you just got to go out there and do the best you can, and that's why um, ev- more than ever before, it's running back by committee. Uh, yeah. you, the, you the free you know the freak guys like Derrick Henry are few and far between. Um, there's just not that many guys that can go out there and run that many times, and when they do, their career is shortened drastically. Typically, yes. Typically, you're not wrong. It you're you're not wrong. I mean, think about think about what Tennessee Tennessee knew the entire time what Henry was. And they still tried their very darndest to wait as long as humanly possible before they turned the keys over to King Henry. Let it be his show and have him carry in 30, 35 times a game. They tried. They tried really they hard. They actually did a very good job developing him. Uh, they gave him a lot of time. They didn't put a lot of wear and tear early on his body. They really let him get used to NFL life. They were try- That, that was the, always the plan. And someone else, maybe Derrick Henry's a bust. I was like, no, nah, dude, he's not a bust. He's getting touches and doing really well with his touches. They're just trying to make sure they get the most out of this guy. They want him to be a running back for 10 years. They don't want him to flame out in five. Well, and if you watch early um, early film of him in practice and stuff, he was struggling. Footwork and stuff wasn't there. Um, they did a very good job developing him and getting him to the point where, you're right, they could work him in and he could get his snaps and he could he could develop and do good. But um, sometimes it's not great just to throw a guy out there and say, hey, let it roll. Um, and, and you see it with this guy. They put him out there at the right time, and, and now it's they're, it's paying dividends for them. And hopefully when he plays the 49ers, he gets absolutely mollywopped. And do you mean to tell me that the coaching staff has hired coach, get people to develop and get better, and sometimes take a guy early and he's not ready to go, and that the coaches actually have to do their job and develop players? Well, the good football teams draft and develop. Man, that's um, crazy. The bad football teams just draft and they count on their team, you know, their players to be very good athletes <laughs> and win. Um, and that happens. There's not a lot of teams that do a very good job of discovering talent, drafting talent, and then developing talent. The ones that do compete for long periods of time, most of them end up winning Super Bowls or at least being very competitive year in and year out. 
You ain't wrong there, my guy. You're not wrong there. Look, a lot of talk about the running backs. Running back heavy episode. You know what? It's about time they get some love. It's about time we talk about these guys rather than quarterback watch 2021. Some running back love there. You'll love to see it. Yeah. Um, but we also got to talk about some other names that are popping up on the injury report. And, of course, 49er fans losing it. Losing it. There's not a lot else. I mean, look, cutback crew, we're, we're sorry. There's not a lot else to talk about coming out of a game. They had the day off, to, uh, the day off on Monday. You know, we're waiting still to see what the moves are this week, who's doing what, who's activated, who's go- getting ready to go. I mean, obviously you have Mosley still on the injury report, hoping we can have him back this week. Josh Norman goes on the injury report with a little bit of an ankle sprain. Looks like it's a low ankle sprain. Not too worried about that, not too concerned. Uh, Javon Kinlaw still listed as a knee, but he had the knee going into the game, so really not too much to worry about yet. Armstead still dealing with the adductor as well. So, again, nothing really changes there. The only new ones that get added to the report are Mitchell, obviously, with the shoulder, Hasty, uh, and then Givens with the ankle as well, which you hate to see, but it's why you kept so many defensive linemen in the first place. Yeah, so you don't have Kevin Givens, and you have Zach Kerr. He was a healthy scratch, and so now Kerr will roll in there and be ready to go. And when Maurice Hurst comes off the IR, you no longer have a roster spot you're worried about. So it, it, it kind of all works out there. As far as the abductor, it really did slow Armstead down. He went from having nine hurries in week one to six hurries in week two. Oh, man. How dare you, sir? Um, but, no, I think that they're going to be managing him and using him, um, you know, kind of lightly in practice, easing him back in and letting this guy get limited practice, and he'll be ready to go and play on Sunday night. With Kinlaw, I think the best news for him was the fact after the game he felt excellent. Um, the oh, fact man. that he said he felt excellent, that is a good sign. But they're going to care. They're going to do the same thing they did. So if you hear he's not practicing, he's getting limited practice. It's all about caring for this guy and getting him through the week so he can practice. And then I'm not worried about Norman at all. Norman's no. got the ankle. I'm not worried about him at all. He's a veteran. He's day to day. Anytime you hear day to day, that's a good sign that they're probably going to play. Um, and that's good. And the good thing is we've got, you know, we got a guy waiting right behind him with Kirkpatrick that if we, we need to, we got this guy in there. Now he's in the similar boat that. Um, Norman was last week, so sure. um, I think we're we're okay. We have some depth in the secondary now, so we're okay. So overall, like I said, the injury bug is here. This is you never come out of a game unscathed. No, but we're hearing a lot of two, three week things or day to day things, and not ACL out for the year, ACL out for the year, back injury done for however long, neck yeah. gone forever. He's never going to play ever again, right? You're not hearing a yeah. lot of this. Um, week one was where the most damage was done in terms of long-term injuries. You lose three guys, three pieces that you don't want to have to lose. Week two, everyone's got questions. Everyone steps up. Defense looks phenomenal despite missing most of your key pieces from the defense. And, you know, the, the offense did enough and did what right. it needed to do to come out alive. Um, you walk out of that game with nothing permanent, nothing serious, nothing season-ending, but just like you said, Ant, uh, little things, little bits of time being missed here and there. Um, you know that's why you have a 53-man roster, surprisingly, right? And the practice squad, you have these these things in place for reasons. So that way, if guys aren't healthy, if guys go down, you can hopefully insert right and still hopefully play up to the same level. Sometimes that's the case, and there's certain positions that have bigger impacts than others. The 49ers O-line, right? Is, is a big one where if guys went down like long-term stuff um, there'd be some questions going forward about the production level of this team especially at certain positions left tackle center right tackle we, we got some uh, some questions here how, how are we going to operate and we're going to function but the good news o-line healthy jimmy healthy receivers for the most part healthy tight end position kittle healthy ant a healthy George Kittle, three weeks coming into week three, not last year, 2020, where it goes down in week one and we, we're missing this guy for a majority of the season. So far, a lot of the key areas, 
Health is not a concern. There are some other spots. Health is a concern, but guess what? Hasn't broken this team yet. Identity is not crushed. This team is not lost. This team is rallied. They're together. They're one unit. They're focused. They're driven. And they got themselves the Green Bay Packers this week. Yeah, if you were going to tell me that one position was going to be completely ravaged by injury and it was going to be running back, I would probably be like, okay, I can roll with that. Like, I'm okay with that. As long as you steer clear of my offensive and defensive line, the defensive line has had some nicks, but steer clear of them and let me be strong there. If, if I'm strong there, I know I can win. Last year when we were missing receivers and missing uh, George Kittle, it was miserable, especially when we didn't have the quarterback as well. So, yeah, if you want to ravage one position, um, the football gods decided this year I was going to be running back. Um, thank God that there's a lot of running backs out there that can get it done, and Kyle Shannon has a very favorable system for running backs. Let's see if that ever runs out, right? At some point, you got to think that the talent level at some point just reaches a point where it's it's not successful enough. We haven't reached that point yet, um, so I'm going to go ahead and roll with it. So, yeah, if you'd have told me that, I think I'd be I'd be okay. I'm Actually, I am okay. Um, yeah, I'm okay right now. now it, Talk to me next week. It could be a different story. Who knows? Ideal? No. no. Comfortable still? Yes. yes. Yeah. Absolutely yes. Cutback crew, let us know what you think about all of this down below. If you're new to the channel here, do you like the possible trade targets? Do we need to be more worried? We're too relaxed. You don't like it. Let us know about it down below. And while you're down there commenting away, don't forget to like. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. Hit that notification bell. Become the newest member of the Cutback Crew, like Nick Donald down there. Look at that beautiful new subscriber. Newbie, newbie, beautiful subscriber. Kemp Jones Sr., beautiful subscriber. And you can become like David Campbell and become the newest member of the 49ers Cutback Crew. Join the channel today as well. Yeah, there are lots of options and ways to, uh, you know, get involved. And uh, it's exciting. There's the Discord. There's also Patreon. Um, yeah, a lot of people, speaking of Patreon, a lot of people are getting very upset with uh, with the whole Game Pass thing. Um, there's no All-22 film, so if you're you know looking and waiting for our All-22 film, we're going to have to get creative with this. We might have to start breaking down other film because they're just not putting it out there. Um, but we're going we're gonna to get it together. We're going to get this going, and everyone is having a similar issue. So, But one thing I will say is I'm excited about what the, the team's direction. I'm excited about the direction that it's going, and I'm excited about the direction that this channel is going. Um, there's lots of cool stuff. Make sure you watch Wednesday night. You want to see um, Quest for the West. Uh, it's going to be good. There's going to be representatives for Seattle and Arizona along with Alex. So that will be exciting. That will be a good time. Uh, last week's was very informative and very good. And this week should be a little bit more spicy. We're adding the extra ingredient um, from Arizona. Um, definitely not salsa from New York. And cool thing is Seattle lost. So I'm curious to see what Sam has to say about that. I want to hear what Sam has to say. I, I want to see how our new gentleman from the Arizona podcast feels as well. And we'll introduce, I want to give it away too early. You'll, you'll find out when, when we get closer, the actual day. Um, but no quest for the West is going to be a lot of fun this week. And we still got game preview show. Yep. Thursday is going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have daily show in the morning and the game preview in the afternoon. And then you're going to have a little bit of a live stream Q and a, in which you can come in and talk to us about what's going on. That's going to be a lot of fun. Over on Patreon as well, we got our Zoom hangout coming soon. You don't want to miss that. That's going to be a lot of fun for this month as well. Uh, but no, tons of great content, tons of things coming at your face. You don't want to miss any of it, so make sure you're subscribed. Cutback Crew, we appreciate all the support. New members of the channel, we appreciate your support as well. And the faithful, we love y'all. Until the next one, stay safe. Remember the right way is always the 49ers way.